It was a hit and miss display at Marvel Stadium against the Dogs, another tale of two halves, with Hawks fans made to wait another week for the club's second win of the season. We're back to unpack all the positives and negatives in yet another jam-packed edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason, and with me as always is my co-host, a man who joined me on the ground this past Saturday for the Guard of Honour. G'day, Tiz. G'day, mate. It was great. Descending into the bowels of Marvel Stadium and then re-emerging onto the field. I like to think the whole stadium is just one big bowel. <laughs> and it, it was it was good fun. Um, but we definitely weren't very much noticed by the crew as they rode through. No. They would... They were so focused. Absolutely. No, the, the only thing was the uh, the smell of liniment was strong. <laughs> and as was the focus, they were just tunnel vision straight through the banner, nothing else on their minds. I guess as you'd expect. They're in the zone, aren't they? Yeah, but it's great to be that close and get that atmosphere and the the noise of the crowd and, and see the, the vast expanse of the ground. Mm, it's something that you don't really appreciate until you're out there. And to, to think that you'd have a stadium full of people. who has got 40,000. And it's so lit up. Yeah, exactly. So you can just feel the eyes and of everyone. they were all there to see me. <laughs> tell you, some, some there to see you. I tell you, I tell you what, you were snubbed by Connor Nash, weren't you? He ran right by you. I don't think they heard any anything from They block it all out? Yeah. Well, it was clear to me this game that Connor only had eyes for Bond. Yeah, I was playing second fiddle. That's right. Now, it wasn't a strict tag or anything like that, but he was opposed to to Bont for a lot of the day and did pretty well. I think he had an influence on proceedings, certainly during the second quarter when we kicked two goals clear and we were 7-zip on Mm -hmm. centre clearances. I think he got out to nine. Go back a month, footy classified, telling us how, oh, look how good Tom Mitchell is at Collingwood. And isn't Jager having an influence on proceedings at Frio? Um, and then here we are, you know, they're very good midfield, like top quality, mm. and we're 9-zip on centre clearances, and, you know, I, I think Connor was under another instruction, don't kick this week, mm. <laughs> um, because he had 22 handballs out of his 26 touches, but, mm-hmm. you know, you got Warple kicking goals, and that's his best game. I, I noticed Day got the MVP again. Much more noticeable Day when he gets the ball, because he has it for longer. But mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. Not a flawless game by Will Day. I mean, you go back and watch the uh, the MVP highlights package that the club released. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff here. But also, I noticed sprinkled in, I was waiting for mm-hmm. the next bit of play. I was like, oh yeah, what happened next? Oh, they cut it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like it, it was an excellent performance from Day, but he was as culpable as a lot of the other players, mate. Our finishing. Is the thing that's letting us down. It's well, not there at the moment. let's face it, we were pinching ourselves at half time. We'd played really, really well. You were yep. just, well, you were a bit of a mess, really, at how. <laughs> intoxicated. And how well Mitch Lewis had shown just up. Just overwhelmed with the return of the big man, Mitch Lewis. Now, again, much like Day, wasn't a perfect afternoon for him, uh, or twilight, I should say, but I mean, it makes such a difference that he's back. That's the best contested marking I've seen from Mitch Lewis. Full yeah, stop. Ever. Yeah, well, it's a big call. I mean, he did lead the way with marks, I believe. Uh, three contested and five inside 50. Five marks inside 50, Tiz. 
<laughs> Can you even believe it? <laughs> I mean, come on. He kicked one goal four. Not great. Do you, do you reckon Fergus got the message? He's just... <laughs> <laughs> keep out of my way? Because Fergus, he, he looked all at sea, to well, be honest. Fergus Green kept so far out of the way that he got nowhere near it. So uh, <laughs> I that felt, was I felt a bit for him because obviously yeah. they need to work out how they're going to work together. Well, that's it. This is not panic stations. This is not alarm bells. This is... The first go at a Ford line that looks like this. Yeah. Remember, like Lewis hasn't. He, he what? He's been training. He's getting back to fitness. Mm. How many proper match sims have they had with Together. this group? Yeah. I would say very, very few. And even when they were, they would have had Cossie in that as well. Exactly. Exactly right. And then you know you bring in Meek. What's Meek doing at that point? So. Yeah, there's a reason why it didn't always come off. There's a reason why Ferg was well out of the game. Um, but again, our finishing... Bruce adapted pretty well, you got to say. Well, Bruce did... <laughs> well, <laughs> champions will, mate. Champions of the club, they're going to be fine. 492. 492. Isn't that where he sits? Oh, right. I thought, what's he talking about? Meters gain? Surely not. No. no. 492, and we're headed for the 500 milestone for Bruce. Yeah. It's a definite countdown. It is now, yeah. Three pretty good goals on the weekend, but uh, I was glad that someone could put him through. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Um, I, I'm, you know, a little bit frustrated that the narratives for a lot of our games this season, we've we've been there. We've the word, hung in there. The word plucky comes to mind. Yep. We've been brave a lot of the time, and we've had our opportunities to put a few sides away now. I'm not going to say shut the door entirely, but to make it really difficult for them to get back through the door. And uh, this is a case, once again, where the Bulldogs went in at halftime. You could just picture it. And they all got together and said, okay, this is what we need to work on. This is what the Hawks are doing. This is how we're going to snuff it out. Came back out after halftime, executed it very, very well, and got the job done. Hats off to them. Yeah. But I'm left wondering, where, where do we go? Where do we go after halftime? And what's the message at halftime? Uh, well, we play our game style, and we don't really react to the game yet. That's just how. That's just where we are. But... If you look at the matchups and how many of those we won, excellent. Look yeah, at, it's look true. Look at Tim English versus Reeves. Oh, fantastic from Reeves. I mean, 15 touches, hitouts to advantage was 14 to English's 9. Total hitouts was 43 to English's 30. Reeves had a, a team high six tackles. He earned three coaches votes for his trouble. That's a great game. Wow. That might be his career best. I, I, no, definitely. For me, that's his career best. Mm-hmm. He, he even had over 100 metres gained, you know, which is not something he does. So, 10 contested Wow, that's great. So, he's doing the tough stuff. Six tackles and 10 contested disposals is excellent from Reeves. I thought you were going to point to, if we're talking lopsided contests, Blake Hardwick. Yeah. I mean, what happened to Waitman? He just didn't show up. Well, he wasn't getting paid the frees, which was stunning because they seemed to get every free (laughs) everywhere else. Yeah, they got everything else. But Hardwick with 27 touches at 81.5% disposal efficiency, as we've come to expect from our disposal efficiency king. Uh, 12 marks, which I believe is a team high. Five score involvements, 492 metres gained. A sublime performance from Hardwick. Hardwick was going through a funny patch at the start of the year. Yeah. He's really corrected that now. Yeah, this feels like he's back to his best. And doing what we've come to really enjoy, which is taking the the live wire forward from the opposition and just totally blanketing them. Blake Hardwick, hats off. Yeah, well, at halftime, we couldn't have asked for more. No, that's right. And and we knew that probably the third quarter wasn't going to be great. We missed a few opportunities we could have taken. Mm -hmm. Um, And without that scoreboard pressure... They were able to be a little bit freer with their ball movement. And eventually we got found out and we kicked a goal to bring it back the margin, which was becoming a little bit 
Yeah. You know. We're, we're, we're hanging around, but it, we... But if they'd gone out to 40 or 45, that yeah. would have been way too much considering oh, for sure. how we just started to tail off. Well, everything after halftime for us, most games this year, everything that is working starts to look impossible. <laughs> like we just had no avenue forward after halftime. We, well, we couldn't I think, clear the 50 yeah, properly. Yeah, well, Mitch Lewis, Mitch Lewis stopped after halftime mm-hmm. um, and he ran at 44%. Disposal efficiency. Oh yeah, I think. yeah, not great. So yeah. he's gonna he's gonna get much better. Bit like Tommy Hawkins, he didn't have a preseason, yeah. and then he what did he kick nine in the end? He could have kicked ten. Oh, no, he, he kicked eight. Yeah, eight. And so he could have kicked best. nine. Yeah, career best at that age. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, I hope Buddy does it in a couple of weeks. I'm feeling a little bad about Will Day. I should sing his praises. Thirty touches at seventy percent disposal efficiency. Uh, team high twenty five pressure acts, which is great to see. A great goal too. And six score involvements in all. Just going through the stats while we're here, I think what I like with Mitch Lewis's one goal four, mm. 11 score involvements, two goal yeah. assists in yep. that. Yeah. So he was still contributing. Uh, John Newcomb is a guy that was a bit eye-catching on the day too. 24 touches, two goals one, led the way with clearances with nine, and uh, he received four coaches' votes. But uh, well, cycling back, it was actually Day that won the that won the MVP and the five coaches' votes. What really stood out to me was um, how the midfield band stood up against the Doggies band. And yeah. I thought Ward was terrific. Mm-hmm. And I know Moore is being, you know, people are asking what's going on with him. But, uh, you know, he's not kicking the goals and he's not looking as dangerous. But he's getting a much better opponent. And he's sometimes... Yeah. Trying to work them out. Carl uh, Amon was well held for most of the day, but every now and again he got a touch and it was the difference. Oh, he still so, looks excellent when he gets it. So they're going to work out after a while. I don't know what happened with Seamus Mitchell, why he was taken out of the game. Let's get to some questions. Is, we're, that, we're, is, that what it, is that what they're asking? Because <laughs> I, I don't know the answer for that. We have had an avalanche of questions, so we better run through them. This one from Patrick at Hawk Talk Pod on Twitter. At what point do we just cut our losses and send Chad to Box Hill? Some of his efforts on the weekend were not AFL standard. He isn't the future. Well, he got sent to the half-back line in the last quarter, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that was tantamount to being sent to Box Hill next week. <laughs> That's a bit of a message, is it? I thought it was a message. Get some touch. Yeah. Actually get your hands on the footy, mate. Yeah, I, I went to Twitter with this. I, I'm pretty frustrated with Chad Wingard and watching him play. I'm just, I'm not interested. I'm not interested well, with what he's dishing too. up. He's frustrated. Yeah, you uh, can tell by the way he's running around. I just need to see if he's going to do that. Then I need to see fresh faces instead. I need to see younger guys given a chance. And you could swap, you know, McDonald for Wingard this week if you want. I'd be more interested in seeing Connor McDonald run around. Wingard got some good touches too. Like he wasn't that wasn't one of his poorest performances. His pressure was quite good. I think Sam Mitchell talks about his pressure acts as being quite good. Are we great? And I'd say that I would, and I was I would say that I had more faith in Wingard when he had the ball than Harry. Okay, no, that's fair. There's three three guys that got my scrutiny this week. It was Wingard. Oh, hit list. No. You like to call it that, but it's not that. Wingard, Morrison, and GF. I was in, frustrated in the, by. In the absence of Mason's multi, we have <laughs> oh, Nick's hit list. Oh, no. <laughs> For a start, we can come up with a better name than that if we're going to do it. <laughs> no, I mean, well, you know, if quite a few of these questions. We tried to balance balance the positive and negative contributions from listeners, but a fair few of these questions do heap scrutiny on those three guys. Okay, let's go through them. So we're done, Wingard. We can't decide, but I think he'll get the benefit of the doubt and he'll play... 
in Perth. Will he ever play in Box Hill, Wingard? I don't believe he will. It's a travesty. I reckon he earns it, but you might be right. It might never happen. Uh, the next question is from Ali. Where is CJ at? He seems to have lost his mojo. Definitely has. What is it? It's just there's none of that spark or attacking flair like we used to see. It's a lot more nervy. It's a bit of half-heartedness as not well. Not worried about that part. Not worried about that part. He's not reading the ball as well. He's not taking yeah. the intercept marks. He's not going for those marks. I, I've noticed that too, and it does appear to me like there's a lack of interest, which is damning. I'm not sure if that's the case, but oh, that's I, how it comes across. I, I don't think it's a lack of interest. I think he's very concerned about where his opponent is. Mm-hmm. I think that's always been the knock on him, mm-hmm. and he's looking to fix that. But as part of it, he's got a mature of, of his mind and work out that he needs to attack as well, which is which is difficult for a lot of guys. But you see, Hardwick did that on the weekend wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Held his man, and when we had the footy, he was an outlet. I can't help but think that a key position defender frees up Sicily, and that frees up Jeff. Am I wrong about that? that? That's my sense. Well, broom, broom. No, oh, we're out of the race for him, mate. Just forget about it. West Coast and North, it's a, it's a two-team race for Harley Reid. Eh, okay. Whatever you reckon. Oh, mate, come on. That's a big slap in the face to did you see? Did you see um, Mackenzie and McDonald down in the VFL level? Yeah, what about them? Did they belong there, Nick? No, they didn't. They did not. So what's your point? Well, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm asking you to tell me. It is a huge slap in the face to Hawthorne to say that we're on the Flat same track, level. Paulie oh. <laughs> Hold asks, on. what are your thoughts on the debutants' first games? Oh, Weddle looked all at sea early and um, really tried to force himself into the final quarter and got a few touches when other guys couldn't get their hands on the ball. So mm-hmm. I was quite impressed with that. Yeah, he worked his way into it. Uh, Ramsden found it tough, didn't he? I felt for Ramsden a couple of times because people weren't looking for him and then when they did look for him, they missed him. <laughs> yeah, I, I think his big moment in the spotlight, the, the first one that he had oh, was... Backing back with the flight of the ball trying to prevent the mark from English. Oh, totally out of position. Yeah, well, English did that well. He yeah. pull, pulled him out to the forward line when he was I, I fell resting for in the ruck. Yeah. I fell for Ramsden with that. But, you know, that's game one. But see, what it is, it's the taste. Yeah. This is... Because I... I not sure that Ramsden will be selected for Perth, mm. but it's a taste of this is where you have to be. Bit demoralising to take him out of the side after one game. Oh no, I don't think so. I'm, I mean, um, he did. It's just a reward for his efforts in the VFL. Mm-hmm. But you know, to come up against Tim English, who's probably the premier ruck in the competition, mm-hmm. and it's just you know we needed to drop Meek. Mm-hmm. He yes. wasn't performing, and we we could see glimpses, but he wasn't consistent. Mm-hmm. And what you punish is inconsistency. Yeah. Well, now Meek has asserted himself. We'll get to the box hill a bit later, but he's arguing to be selected against his old well, mob. That, that's exactly what the other guys are doing too. McDonald and McKenzie—they're right. like, yep. well, I don't belong here, and and, and Bramble's the same. So it's I, good to have a bit of pressure to get into the lineup, but uh, yeah. So the question from Flat Track Paulie: What did we think of the debutants' first game? Well, I mean, about, well, I about w- what wasn't amazed. No, um, but you, but how often are you completely blown away by game one? I mean. Doesn't happen that often, does it? No. You get a sense of, oh yeah, maybe, maybe for, this for a ruckman, be. it never happens. 
um, <laughs> and and for a guy like Weddle, you know, there's big raps on Weddle, and I think he's mm. feeling the pressure of those raps, to be honest. Mm. Uh, this question from Andrew. I have a question for the Hawk Talk podcast. That's us. Uh, Connor Nash is severely underrated outside of Tears and the Hawthorne community. Is Connor Nash the best Irish player in the AFL right now? Who are the other ones? Exactly. No, no, no. No, no it's a fair. Well, it's a fair question, isn't it? No, there's two. He's actually. Yeah, okay. Nash yeah. is better than Tui at the moment. Well, he has more influence on a game, I'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I'm trying to think of the other ones, but I don't really follow the by the nationality, to be honest. So. <laughs> but he's definitely the best uh, out-and-out midfielder I've seen come out of Ireland. Okay, no, that's big raps as well. Apart from Jim Steins, obviously, but that's a bit, you know, he's a ruckman. So, <laughs> so he doesn't count? You're in the midfield, but you're not. Yeah, okay. No, I get it. Uh, Boother Fett, is Morrison in our best 22? I've never fully bought into the hype around him. I think Bramble has a higher ceiling than him. Bramble has has really had some awkward performances where he doesn't get a touch. Yeah. Whereas Morrison will get a touch, but he won't use the pill very well. Mm-hmm. In fact, he had a couple of very good sights of goal. Yeah, uh, on the weekend. Yeah, uh, that's why he didn't make the most of them, and then he also like, switched it across the park to, to no effect. And there were yeah, he kicked it between two guys at one point right yeah. in front of us. Yeah, it was good. In uh, where the hell were we? We were in the middle of all the dog supporters. I don't know how you manage that, but you always yeah, go there, right? Yeah, that's standing room when we're at Marvel Stadium. Yeah, yeah, with the draft behind you, it's really nice. It's great when you win. <laughs> well, they'd have to traipse out past us, yeah. like. 12 bays of dogs fans. Yeah, again, it's great when you win. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we were quite loud, especially when Bruce kept kicking those goals. I would say that Bramble has probably picked a bad week to have a, a somewhat down performance against Casey because he's been travelling quite well with VFL. He's really been pushing his ace. The week before, I think he had 37 touches, mm. granted against Coburg, who were yeah. the bottom of the table team. But... Um, I don't think Bramble's performance this week is going to be the thing that sees him leapfrog Morrison. I don't think that's going to happen. You think they give Morrison the benefit of the doubt? I think at the moment, yeah. Okay. He'll want to put in against Frio. He's starting to look a bit more like the uh, the fringe player I thought we'd seen the back of. Right. You can have one down week, right? Yeah, It's not that much pressure on these guys. Or is there? I mean, how many games has he played? 70-something? Yeah. You know, he's he's one of the older guys in the team now on the list. And you just got to be using it better than he does. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Richard, did you feel Fergus got a little lost with Mitch being the primary target? Hopefully they can gel over the next few weeks. We kind of addressed this already. I think so. Um, I think that it's just teething. Mm. It's early stages. They'll work that one out. Can they bring in another key forward, please? Is it time for Cozzy? Got another two goals on the weekend. Cozzy? What about Jekka? Yeah, Jekka to himself. Yeah. There were a number of times where Cozzy just couldn't find the handle on the footy, mm-hmm. whereas Jacker seems to have that down. Do you know what I mean? He mm-hmm. just looks... He's got a, a flow to his movement that yeah, Cozzy doesn't have. Yeah, mm-hmm. Is it more athletic? No, it's a, it's a sort of liquidity of movement. Okay. You know, it, it's, I, I'm understanding what you're getting at. I'm it, just... It's more efficient. Okay. As, All you, right. as you know, how you watch efficient footballers mm-hmm. and how they move the footy and how they kick, there's an efficiency to the style. Yeah. If we're talking key forwards, we had a question here from JK06. We need another key forward to support Lewis. A great suggestion from Hawk supporter Phil T on another thread was to chase Georgiades from Port. Well, yeah, we spoke about this, I think, last year. Mm. 
um, looking at Georgiades as an option to bring in a, a a forward that's not being selected. Now he's done a knee, ACL, so yep. he's out for the year. Mm-hmm. Does that affect the price tag? No, does that affect whether you want him to come to Hawthorne or not? Well, that that's another narrative as well. Yeah, you've got to help him recover, and then you've got to you know you've got to take on all that medical work as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he going to be the same player? Will he have the leap? Yes. There's a whole lot of yeah. dicey stuff there. But I think probably you would take that risk. Other suggestions here from one of our listeners, Dancing Bear. We look at look at maybe Himmelberg or, or Mackay. Or he also so they're just, in a different league. Yeah. Like we probably have the money to get those guys. Mm-hmm. But we need to be able to go, well, you're going to be playing finals inside yeah, 18 months. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Whereas Georgiades, you know. If he wants to get out of Port Adelaide, he can. Dancing Bear also suggests that it might be time to look for a key back as well, hence why Mackay came up. Well, Fair comment? I how's, think so. How's, how's Mitch McGovern? Don't you want him? From Moving Carlton? on. Um, <laughs> here you go. See, the, the, what my point is, these things can go awry mm. very quickly. I, I feel like you addressed this one from Lauren. Uh, Maury was a top three player nearly every game last year. Should we start getting concerned we haven't seen that same brilliance seven games in? Will time on the ball help? He's only attended four centre bounces this year. We haven't seen consistency from any small forwards. Is, it, is that a byproduct of his game style, of this game style, sorry? Oh, jeez. These are really good questions from Lauren. She does this every week, doesn't she? <laughs> this is a curly about one. And di- don't you love how I just look... four different concepts and you just <laughs> chuck it at me. I, and I just look at you like, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Perform, bear. Now, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going on with Moore, but he's certainly getting more attention from the opposition. I'd say He's that's... also missed a number of chances that he would ordinarily get, yeah. so maybe he's feeling that a bit. Got to remember that he's probably um, working through injuries at the moment, but he's not getting that much support from um, Wingard. No, and and certainly you're not seeing that kind of. Um, there were a couple of goals last year where there was great; they were just flinging it between the small forwards and kicking goals. Yeah, that's goals. right. Yeah, and that's not that's not happening anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's that's being broken down. But with Mitch Lewis, and maybe maybe someone else emerging as a, as a key forward, uh, you might find there's that space for them to do that now mm-hmm. and for their ability. Because there are a couple of times where we should have crumbed and just handballed on the best option yeah. or taken a shot them, themselves, and we didn't do that. Mm. And they could have been really easy team goals. So I'm not worried about more. I think you no. go through this low patch and come through the other side. I'm not seeing... Uh, you know, him getting the ball and then scrubbing a kick or anything like that. No, you know? no, it's it's not quite that dire yet. And remember, he, you know, this blitz of form that he's been on since that second chance that he got, mm. I mean, he was bound to have a rough patch eventually. You can't be up for that long and not experience the... Well, I think he has to have the rough patch to improve, to be honest. Yeah, well, that's true. He's also taking up leadership roles. As well, yeah, I did wonder if that maybe affected things, which changes your attitude when you're out on the ground. Mm. You can't focus on yourself the whole time. This question from Neil: Why take Seamus off? He seemed to be going great, and is it clear after Saturday that we've got a lot more problems in our back line than anywhere else? How did this happen, Tiz? Our <clears throat> back line was our strongest line, and now it seems to be one of the more deficient. Uh, because we don't press all over the ground. Is that to say that we just sort of guard space and hope that that's enough? Because that's what I see. I'm seeing, uh, you know, if they do, <laughs> we used to 
fling blokes back and try to gum up the works mm. as, as much as we could. And we're not doing that now. We're actually yeah. oh, telling the defenders to back themselves. Yeah. And as a result of that, they're not going to win every contest. Well, also, we we picked a small back line compared to the, the tall forwards that the Bulldogs have. So this is a bad time to tell you that uh, Lauren's got another question for you. Deliberately playing a smaller back line against the tallest forward line in the league, subbing Seamus Mitchell off and not giving Scrimshaw a full game. Look fit enough to do so. All just a coincidental conglomeration of poor choices. Just raising my eyebrow a little. Now, <laughs> Lauren is just, you know, toying with, with me in this, that she would, you know, are they actually going a bit of the Thomas the Tank engine? Oh. And that's what I was talking about with, you know, dropping some of the boys that went to the VFL on the weekend that looked far above the level. Mm, mm. I mean, these are fair questions. Yeah, I'm not about the accusation, but I'm about the confusion between Neil's question and Lauren's question. Well, that had no impact on the game, Seamus for Scrimshaw. No. Why Seamus? What did he do so wrong that he was taken from the field? I don't know. There were other candidates, surely, and Scrimshaw is versatile to fill whatever need. Let's have a look at, at Seamus. Was he actually doing what he was asked? No, he was probably not gaining metres as he ought to have been. Okay, what did he end up with? 133, which is down on what he usually does. Mm-hmm. And um, I think just the 11 touches or something was it? He's hovering around yeah, there. Yeah, and no touches in the last quarter. How about that? <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> and you know it. <laughs> oh, he's off. Yeah, yeah exactly. Having like, a bit of fun, all right? Yeah, looking, looking at me like, are you actually <laughs> going to explain why that's the case? Or... Uh, no, but we were, we were there. We were like, why has he gone off? And yeah. is it an injury? And I hope it's not. Oh, that was my first thought. Yeah. Is, oh, bloody hell, he's mm. done an ankle or something. And then the dogs didn't even use theirs. They no, left they Toby McLean high and dry. Mm-hmm. But he gets the game, doesn't he, to his... <laughs> To his accrued number of games, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, these are a fair amount of confusion between Neil and Lauren's question. Um, What are we doing? What's happening with Scrimshaw? Is he injured or not? And if he is injured, if if it's the turf toe, if that's the concern, don't name him at all. It's not like we don't have, you know, depth to to put as a sub. Sub can be anyone. Okay, if I'm sitting there and I'm Sam Mitchell and I'm watching the game and you and I are sitting there and it's after halftime, we're seeing the ball coming in high and, you know, we selected a short back line. Mm -hmm. So he's pretty short, Seamus. So we bring in Scrimshaw because he's a bit taller. There you go. Tick. No, no, not not tick. Tick, No, no, because if that's That's the logic. That's what happened. That's the logic. If that's the logic, start Scrimshaw on the ground. No, no, no. Because, Why? Because, you know... Why start with a small One of the old line? maxims of footy is uh, tall men don't get any shorter, but short men get slower. <laughs> right? God. Short men get slower. Uh-huh. Well, that's what happens. So, as you go further into the game, tall men generally have more influence on the contest. Totally absurd way of thinking about this. No, that's how it works. Yep, okay. Don't start with a tall back line. Wait to be exposed and then sub your tall guy in. Yep, okay, well, sure. Well, see how it goes, you know. <laughs> Jeez. Listen, Sammy's still learning. No, oh, <laughs> come on! It's not rocket science, that. No, that that's is... That's ridiculous. No, you don't know what, what you're going to... Like, you couldn't leave him out, could you? He's got great form. What I'm saying is Scrimshaw's probably best 22 mm. if he's healthy. If he's sub, 
is he healthy or not? Is well, he good to go out? or not? You've got to pick someone to take out. I'm just saying that... He's Scrim- probably not fit enough to get the whole game done. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so choose someone else. Well, let, him, let him rest. Let him get back to where he was. Blank's not playing well enough to elevate him. It doesn't have to be a defender. It does, because we're looking at those tall defenders. And I think that's why they brought him in. At, I don't know. At I, I, it's too, too narrow-minded that it has to be a defender, I think. I don't accept that. Well, anyway... This question from Tim, uh, without getting ahead of myself, when we think of next year, it's got to be a pretty good thought that of our entire list, about the only players that will arguably decrease in currency would be Bruce and Wingard. Do you agree? Do I agree? Do you agree? Well, I mean, Bruce gets another year older. He's yeah. he's shown that on his day, he still very much can be a match winner. Fine. Sicily worth more this year or last year? He's worth more last year at this point. Yeah. But I think he's getting a rough deal this year Sicily I think he's Mm -hmm. being asked a hell of a lot without much support okay I agree yeah yeah uh as for Wingard well it's that stock is just just gonna keep going down believe that yeah done we've set our piece on that Mm -hmm. okay uh this question from Ash is the AFL tanking Hawthorne with our fixture fifth different venue in four different states over five weeks coming up yeah we had a follow-up from uh, one of our listeners. This is why we were all so angry about the fixture, because it gave us no chance, even though we'd finished in the bottom six. Well, this is from Andrew, who slid into our DMs. He said, I just realised that we don't even play two consecutive weeks in the same state until round 18, where we then get a full four games in a row in Melbourne. That's a lot of travel. I don't want to whinge too much about travel, as the interstate teams have it rough there, but even they would get a couple of home games in a row at points, surely. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucks. We're still waiting to get back at home at the MCG. It finally happens next week, Tiz. Have you missed it? I've missed going to a home game at the G. Round nine. <sighs> finally. Are, are we burying the fact that Tassie are getting a side? Oh, yeah. No, we haven't mentioned that at all. They're going to take $10 out of the pocket of every Australian and, and use that to build a stadium in Hobart. Uh-huh. Yeah? Yep. And, uh, you know, great. Excellent. And is that going to have effect on our crowd numbers? Definitely, certainly, mm. of those in Launceston. So what are what are we going to do? We're going to pull out. We're going to keep going. Andy Gowers didn't seem to suggest that we were looking to play down there for an extended future, did he? Well, he wants us to remain there in the immediate term and see what we can do with that. Yeah. So he says Yeah. that could change, but that was the idea, to forge even maybe a rivalry with the new club. What are they doing with Lonnie? Well, Hawthorne still play there. That won't happen. Uh, you read the Twitter now, Hawthorne fans are going, well, finally we get our four games a year back. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Well, if... Maybe eventually. I tell you what, if they're not, they're not going to stump up that money for us any longer, that state government. I'd be hugely shocked yeah. if they did. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they're not going to remain down there. Does this mean we get more games at the MCG or more at Marvel? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. we'll see what happens. Surely the G, that's our home ground. Yeah, but it's a bit of a monkey's paw, isn't it? Where it's like, I I wish for Hawthorne to have more games in Melbourne. Oh, no, not like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway. What is that guy's name? I hate him, the bloke that does the fixturing. Anyway. (laughs) We need to talk about, well, speaking of weird fixtures, what about Wonthaggy? And our home game. 
if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, we yeah. gave away a home game for this. To lose by 30 points, the VFL side. Uh, from the club side, Box Hill has been dealt its first loss of 2023. They were beaten on Sunday afternoon by Mature and Well-Drilled Casey Demons by 30 points. Mature and Well-Drilled, that's right. They had a, a number of AFL-level elite talent in there. They had Brown the running around. Yeah, elite talent. I said what I said. Yeah, well. <laughs> we had a better Brown. Yeah, we did, yeah. I mean... Callum Brown was excellent. He's put together a massive... You reckon he's not feeling overlooked. Like He's got that chip on his shoulder. Oh, well. 36 touches, Has 9 tackles. Has spoken to you? You're the one that wants the key forward. Anyway, go on. Yeah, I don't think Callum Brown fits our list profile, and I don't shy away from that. 36 touches, 9 tackles, their team highs right there. Five clearances as well. And uh, no, I would not take him in the mid-season draft. I know he's been excellent. To Hawthorne? No. Do you think someone will take him? Absolutely they will. Who will take him? I have no idea. I've not even thought that far ahead. Fair enough. But he's had an excellent season. Excellent. Absolutely terrific. Yeah. I mean, we're talking a... I think Box Hill remains, despite the loss, in the top four. He is arguably the MVP of a top four side mm-hmm. to date in this VFL comp. Uh, he'll be he'll be picked up and it'll be a huge loss to Box Hill, I would say. So, apart from him just absolutely hitting his straps, mm-hmm. Connor McDonald had 29, Mackenzie had 28, Meek had 24, Long had 19. Those four are the boys that were dropped last week. Meek was one of the more impressive. 26 disposals. Worth pointing out that 22 of those were handballs. I don't know if that... He's a ruckman. Yeah. Don't, well, I want to see if that changed your mind, Eddie. 46 hitouts. The next best was his opposition, Bell, with 14. So he absolutely dominated in the air. Six clearances and so six marks. So he had no opponent. He virtually had no opponent. Great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that changed your mind. Cosy kicked two. Jekka kicked two. O'Sullivan was impressive. Mm-hmm. He got hit a couple of times. What about Butler? 22 touches, kicked one goal, two. Six oh, tackles, Butler two clearances. annoyed me. His disposal efficiency must have been dreadful. But he kept getting the ball. Mm-hmm. Kept making weird mistakes that I don't often see from him. A lot of listeners crying out for Butler in for Wingard. Only because they saw Wingard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There it is, folks. Tiz has uh, said his piece on that. <laughs> well, Butler did... I mean, he keeps getting the ball, but he didn't impress me. Not with his ball use, anyway. So I feel like now you know what I'm talking about. Because this this game, admittedly, was one that I had less of a close eye on than you. But in the previous weeks, I followed Box Hill pretty closely. Yeah, and, and you accused him of being a goal hanger that he was kicking three. I didn't say that. <laughs> Not in as many words, anyway. <laughs> no, but you, but you see the conundrum where it's like, okay, but by the stat sheet, it looks all right, especially on the scoreboard. Mm. There's the potency there, but it, you do wonder, you know. Can he find his own footy? Is that going to translate to AFL? I still have that question. Well, he's, he certainly found enough of the football. It was just his distribution that really annoyed me. But uh, it was just, you know, in transition, he wasn't great. Within In the forward line, he looks terrific. Well, I guess the question now is, looking ahead, who gets on the plane and goes over to Perth to take on Fremantle? Are you taking the debutants? Are you taking Weddle and Ramsden? Are they... Well, I'm a big believer in in keeping them in for the psychology and the confidence of these guys. I don't want to rob them. I don't want to omit them after one game. That doesn't... I don't think that, that bodes well for them in terms of mindset. Did they earn another go? Well, that is another question, isn't it? Ramsden, I'm not so sure. Weddle, I can make arguments for and against. Okay. And you have... Wingard, Jeff, and Morrison in the gun. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? You're not, no, not that, dropping green? 
No, no, I don't. No, not at this stage. No, Green has to. Green and Lewis as a tandem, they have to work out how that actually looks. Okay, I'm just going to have to sit with that. Yeah, because that, that I'm, I'm looking at the Freo team, and their big point of difference is their rucks, mm-hmm. Darcy, Jackson, and then we have that you know former Freo player. Yeah, you reckon it's time for Meek Lloyd Meek put up his hand in the VFL? Do you just give him the nod, say go out and It'd be tempting. He'd be right at home, wouldn't he? Well, you know, we don't have a bad record against Frio. We just can't give him carte blanche on the on the bloody drug. I know Reeses look much better without Meek in the side, mm. but that's a big workload to have to come up against. So are we in the box seat for a win here? What do you reckon? No. When are we going to win? When, not, when are we going to win? Yeah, when are we going to win? When do you have us winning, if not this week? Because we're probably going to struggle against Melbourne. Now, I know the pilot... Is, is a hell of an email because it always hits me with like, you know, 70 bucks returned to bloody Launceston or Hobart or whatever. And uh, and I look at it and I go, oh, are Hawthorne in that window of the dates? And they are. They're in the window of the dates. But we're playing West Coast. And then I thought, hang on, I don't have any West Coast gear. <laughs> You want to be the lone supporter. Mate, you might make the team if they get injured anymore. I don't know how Simpson's still there. Lewis will kick five plus. Yeah. That's my call from a long way out. Yeah. How do you feel about that? What about specifically? You know, the futures of... of... Come on, you want Reed as much as anybody. Yeah, but I also don't want to finish last. Well... (laughs) So... He can't have both. Well, th- that's the conundrum, mate. That's what I'm describing to you. Yeah. yeah. I, I, do I want do a once-in-a-generation player? Yes, obviously. <laughs> do I want to come last? No. Hmm. The, Might be a problem. <laughs> the best part about it is Richmond, mm. their first-round pick, isn't their own. Yeah, it's the Giants, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Just delicious. Because <laughs> they're double down on Hopper and Taranto. Hmm. And they've done a Hawthorne, mate. Well, the media called that. The media has looked at what Hardwick has done and basically gone, well... Can they say, can they not go Hawthorne? Can they go Clarko? <laughs> and by the way, Clarko is uh, doing everything right to get the gig in Tassie, so I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> you reckon he'll be given the ass just in time no, for a plum given, coaching gig? No, just walk on. Oh, just walk off. <laughs> just mic drop. I'm out. <laughs> You guys sort this out now. Hasn't he been given like a seven-year deal or something? I don't know. I can't remember. JHF, though, Jason Horn francis yeah. at Port Adelaide, mm. looks terrific. Yeah. And he couldn't he couldn't talk him out of not staying. You wouldn't know this is a Hawthorne podcast in the last 10 minutes, folks, but here we are. Anyway. <laughs> Stewie Bro wonders if we're headed Just over doing what, We're doing those. What did they used to do? They used to, halfway through the commentary on the game you were particularly interested, you might be sitting in the stands watching Dunstall roll back, about to take his kick, they'd go, and now if we're around the grounds and you have to hear two minutes of what was happening elsewhere. <laughs> That's that's what we just had. Stewie Brew wants to know if we're heading over to Frio. <laughs> no. But he, he says for the win, you'll notice. Oh, does he? Yeah, Stewie Brew's confident. I'm wow. a little bit confident as well. I should not be enjoying Hawthorne as an 18th place team, or 17th as of this week. That's Let's... the beauty of this podcast. <laughs> well, I get We like... went up in losing. <laughs> I don't know how I'm enjoying this season as much as I am. Well, it's because we're seeing all these guys blossom, get their chances. Who would have thought Ned Reeves would be, you know, upending that first three weeks of form and, and doing what he's doing now? 
you know, Newcomb, Day. Your boy Nash. You can't fault the competitiveness of this team. I remember weeks ago we addressed some correspondence from a listener in terms of how the team is tracking. And I said, look, obviously the start to the season has been disappointing. The Essendon loss was really hard for a lot of listeners to take. And that's only round one. And already people are like, this is going to be a rough, rough season. And I said, get back to me at the bye and we'll see how we are then. If you're not seeing any progress, fair enough. But I think week to week we are. It's not translating to wins, but if you're deriving no enjoyment out of this, or if you're not sensing any progress, then I don't think you're watching very, closely enough. It does feel very weird to not be watching the scoreline. Don't you watch? I still watch the scoreline. I'm not. I'm not there yet. I say pretty much every week on the podcast, I'm not outcomes focused. I still want us to win, so I do watch the scoreline. But there's a lot to derive from our games apart from the result. Is my point. Our accuracy in front of goal is still horrendous. Oh, that's what's keeping us from winning most of the time. Where we would at least hang in there uh, if we could put the goals through, I think. If not, win some more games. So you're saying Saturday night, victory. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And you're looking at me like you are an eternal optimist. Yeah. I'm saying we have no chance against Melbourne the following week. I think Frio are gettable. I don't think that's a revelation to anyone. I've already got my tickets to the Melbourne game. Oh, MCC is going to be dreadful. Oh, well, see you there. Uh, we do need to start wrapping up some social media stuff. We are pretty keen to get other hawkers on board listening to the show. And one of the ways you can help us out with that is to leave us a rating or review on Apple or Spotify. However you're tuning in, we were delighted to read a couple of really lovely five-star reviews our listeners left recently. Tis. This one from Ben. Great show. Listen every week. Love the banter mixed in with game reviews, player interviews, and thoughts on where the club is going. As good an unofficial club podcast as you'll find. Go Hawks. And Amiel says, always enjoy Nick and Tiz's show. Easy listen and can take a bit of a sting out of a dirty loss or add a little glory to a good win. Keep it up, fellas. And we shall. Thank you so much for leaving those reviews. Uh, We're always looking to grow our huge community of diehard Hawks fans that we've attracted to the show as well. You can find us on our various social channels to do that. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, a huge thanks to our many proud, passionate, and paid-up Patreon subscribers. You've all gotten on board and shown us invaluable support, and you really do contribute to making this show everything that it is. And a special shout-out this week to our latest subscriber, Shane, we really do appreciate you throwing support behind us. It means a lot. Now, for any of our listeners who haven't subscribed yet and you're keen to get on board, head to patreon.com slash hawktalkpod for all the details. Now, before that game down at One Thaggy that we talked about earlier, the VFLW actually had a win, Nick. Yeah, they had uh, a couple of losses in a row, but they're back on the winners list now with a strong 33-point win over Casey. Sophie Locke, who you recognise from the AFLW list, scored two goals to help to help set us up early in the piece. Maddie Boyd on return was once again crucial and uh, had 22 touches and a goal. Of course, that's not the only news floating around with women's footy this week for the Hawks. Not only did we beat Casey, but we signed one. <laughs> that's very well done from you, mate. AFLW website reporting, Hawthorne has completed a cross-code coup Ahead of its second season in the AFLW, Melbourne Victory star and captain Matilda's goalkeeper Casey Dumont accepting an offer to switch to footy. Dumont, who is the reigning A-League Women's Goalkeeper of the Year, had been considered an outside chance to be selected in the Matilda's squad for the upcoming FIFA Women's World Cup. So in terms of signing elite talent and bringing that into the club, big tick in that box. What if she gets the nod for the World Cup? Is she just off? Back on the bus? 
Definitely. Does the, does the, does the AFLW have a mid-season draft? <laughs> Five rounds? All right, let's go back to the draft. <laughs> it really should be more than 10 rounds. I think 10 is a bit of a joke. But anyway, uh, that's exciting. Is our list finalised now? I think it is. Okay. I think that might have been the final spot, but I'll have to double-check that. I'm curious to know where Casey's going to play. Well, Beck does have a few out-of-the-box ideas, so it'll be interesting to see where she puts a soccer goalkeeper. Yeah, well, it's what made us so great in that uh, inaugural season for the Hawthorne AFLW. Of course, uh, it was announced a bit earlier this week, the 2023 NAB AFLW season will kick off in the first weekend of September, so very much counting down for that. So what will you be doing on Saturday night? Well, I'm going to ask you if you can, if you'd like to, to... um, Man the tweets. Hashtag no, Tiz can't, Takeover. Can't you can't. No. Are you watching the game? No. <laughs> You're not do you really want to know what I'm doing? What are you doing? I'm watching the London Symphony Orchestra. Okay. Well, I'm watching something of equal cultural status. Oh, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, no. <laughs> so we'll both be catching up on the replay of Hawthorne versus Fremantle. Well, mine goes for 70 minutes. Yours probably goes for a couple of hours. Well, it's a Marvel film, so it probably goes for about three and a half these oh days. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So, I'm going to stick with the uh, LSO. <laughs> okay. Well, this means we've got a bit of work on the Sunday then. We've got to catch up on the replay. And people... Oh, that's the- what the KM Minis are for, mate. <laughs> well, it depends if we win or lose, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got to say, I really enjoyed the GWS Sydney KO, KO Mini. Yeah. And I only watched the last quarter. <laughs> it's perfect. My KO Mini was the final minute of the game. <laughs> <laughs> now, th- this is weird because this is probably the first time since we started the podcast that neither of us yeah, are watching it live. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I booked this a year ago. When did you book yours? Two days ago, but that's not the point. It's just this life happens. Confident of a victory. I mean, it just screams it. <laughs> I'm just so relaxed. I'm like, yeah, no worries, boys. You go off, you get the job done. I'll catch up with you tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, dear. I reckon that's it, mate. I reckon that's the podcast for this week. Excellent. (laughs) Good fun being in the Guard of Honour with you. Oh, that was great fun. 10 out of 10. Recommend that. Thank you to the club. And hopefully we get a chance to do that again sometime soon. For now, this is the Hook Talk podcast for another week. We will catch you next week with a recap of all the action from our match against Frio out west. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.